Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Jackie, also known as the Crypto Juggernaut, and NFT Tones is in the building, aka the Italian Stallion. So I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how January 30th could be the most significant crypto hearing to date as the SEC is being put to the test. While Cardano has a major flaw as we evolve into a carbon-neutral world, new data reveals this blockchain is considered inefficient. Solana token has the potential to rebound, according to Ethereum founder Vitalik Buterin, as Stellar is making historic gains during this bear market, nearly tripling its usage in just one year. And with 2023 only one day away, we expose the game for our listeners, showing clear evidence of 2023 being the year of institutional adoption, highlighting how this digital revolution takes place once in a lifetime. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, I'm a little bit under the weather this morning, but nobody can tell because I'm incognito. We still brought the news for you today. So how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. Yes, you are the bearable bull of the GMC show this week. But Abs, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm hoping and sending you healing vibrations. I hope you feel better. I'm doing good as well. This week went by fast. The show goes by fast. But I want to say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there and the Italian Army. I love you guys. Appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. We've got another jam-packed show for you today. So sit back, enjoy it. And I just want to give a little quick shout-out to Joyful Jackie and her little brother or whatever they are over there, uh, NFT Tones, in the house. That's big brother, Johnny. But Jackie, always excited to have you on the show. How are you feeling this morning? Thank you for being here. I feel great. Um, I'm excited to be with my fam here, guys. Uh, I see some comments in the chat blaming me for being late. I will say it was not me this time. So I'm proud of myself. <laughs> awesome, guys. We already fact. deducted Johnny Crypto's paycheck. Don't worry, but <laughs> NFT Tones, we called you the Italian Stallion this morning, and for good reason, my friend. I guess you're taking the king's spot. Thanks for being here. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling fantastic. I'm feeling better after being sick, and uh, – I'm glad to be here. I, I was the first one here. I was early. I, I got everybody here and I'm excited. Let's do Let's this. Rock and roll NFT tones. I'm feeling a little controversial this morning, Johnny Crypto. So I hope you're ready for it. We're going to start the show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is useless once again this morning. Johnny Crypto has not moved a single point. And in the last month, has literally moved one point. So nothing really worth addressing. When we dive into the total coin market cap, we've got 793 billion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 40% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. Bitcoin sitting at 16,500. Ethereum is 1,200. XRP is 33 cents. Cardano is 25 cents. Chainlink, 550. And Quant Network is $104. And interestingly enough, Shout out to Shelly out there who had a really interesting dream last night. I guess Shelly was predicting Quant's going to go a little bit lower, Johnny Crypto. So before we dive into our news for today, what are some of the projects that you're watching? And what do you think about Shelly's dream? Oh, I love it. 
I love the fact that Shelly doesn't know a damn thing about quad, and yet she's got the dream. It's going to 40. It's probably going to happen. That's the power. Guys, that's the power <laughs> of subliminal program. Godzilla talks about it, and Shelly dreams about it. It's so amazing how powerful it is, man. And that's just them overhearing something. Imagine when you're getting brainwashed and you're seeing something on TV or you're hearing it over and over and over again, what it can do. It's just, it just shows you the power, the power of subliminal programming. And it goes to show what the power of the mainstream media has here, Johnny. I want to get your quick uh, quick take on this price chart. We're showing that the RSI for Bitcoin is historically low right now. And as we look at the regression we've seen in the price itself, it's completed a full bear market regression down over 80% from our all-time highs. What do you think about this inverse price chart here showing we're about to break lower, which is actually higher in the price chart? Yeah, you know, ha. Uh... Right now, to be honest with you, I don't really give a lot of credence to it right now in this moment because I don't think there's going to be enough, you know, bullish mania, as I like to call it, that's going to be able to really drive that some bitch up past 17.5 into 19 and much higher. You know, you hear a lot of people talking about the next kind of pump up. If we see it will be sometime in Q1 of 2023. So to me, this is all noise. You're going to get up, down. Maybe we're going to go 17.4 and I don't think we're going to see anything significant. Hey, there you go. There's the chart. Look at the blue lines. Look at the blue dots. Yep. Okay, look at the blue dots. And how long does it take before you get to the orange and red dots? <laughs> Quite a freaking long time, right, on, the, on both those charts. So we've got a long amount of time before there's anything there for me personally to get excited about on RSIs because it's just we're too far away from the next peak, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm not that excited, Abs, right now, but that's just me. And interestingly enough, if you check out this price chart here, and I brought it up yesterday, Johnny, I want to go to you, Jackie, on this topic, because we're trading below the 200-week moving average for the first time ever. We've actually done it for several months here, so this is a really bearish indicator. I don't want to try to paint some optimistic news on this. This is not a good look for the Bitcoin price chart, but you do technical analysis, so what do you think, Jackie? What does it mean to you? Um, this, we actually just jumped off of a call within the Academy. Um, we do our calls Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, doing technical analysis, looking at different charts and things like that. I am not too concerned. Um, like Johnny said, you know, looking at, looking at this chart, you know, we still got two more years um, till, till the next run up. But what I, what I will say is, man, bring it down, bring it down as low as it can go, baby. Cause we want to accumulate at low points. That's when you get into the market. So I will say I'm not too concerned um, being below the line, obviously within the last two years, we just had, money printing like like absolutely insane so to be below you know it's kind of uh expected it kind of makes sense that we would have to you know consider all the liquidity that got pulled out of the market um and so we will you know i i just think that that's a, a feedback loop from that um so but I mean, if you look in, uh, according to the chart too, kind of between 2015, 2016, we kind of broke below the line as well. So nothing too concerning at this point. We, we might even go lower, but you know, it's not going to zero. That's what I continue to keep in my head. It's not going to zero. So just accumulate while it is down. And shout out to Johnny Paycheck. He put in the comments, buy and chill. And although it may not be great to hear we're not in a bear market or really, I mean, bull market or not even close to it, NFT tones. What is exciting is that billionaires are built when? During a bear market when all the same assets that are going to do a 10, 15 X are trading at a discount. So what are some of the projects that you've been watching? I know Solana took a major hit this week. How do you feel about that news tones? And then we'll dive into some cool uh, Ripple XRP content. 
So it is definitely a little scary seeing what, what's been happening with Solana, but I'm still DCAing into it because you know what? I still have hopes. You know what? It, there's so many horses in this race that you still kind of have to have hopes on all of them, but you got to make sure to actually do your research on the coin and if put money in it only if you actually believe in it. You don't want to... Um, you don't want to be putting money in just because of emotion or because you put money in before you want to really put it in because you trust the coin. Right. And it's something that you uh, believe in, like I said. So other coins that I'm looking at is Gala, then a coin called the file, obviously. And then um, I've been buying SPS as well. So I feel like that these are uh, my game. Some of them are game coins and then file is a coin that, uh, is cloud-based. And so uh, I feel like these coins all have important uh, use cases, right? And so what you have to do is always go for the coins that have the most important use cases. Yeah. And hey, just to kind of wrap this up, I want to bring up a comment on BTC that our man, Mr. Wright said here. It's interesting that we keep looking at BTC, BTC, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to read the rest of it. The point is, I just want to clarify the reason, guys, why we look at BTC and we bring it up isn't because we're saying BTC is fantastic. Go buy it tomorrow. No, 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 no. What we're saying is BTC is what is the, is the best indicator for this market right now. Just the way when you look at the Dow Jones, there's a Dow Jones index or the Dow uh, or the S and P 500 index. The way to think about BTC and the reason why we bring it up all the time on this show is very merely for that reason is it is the closest thing to an index for crypto. So just to be clear, so you guys get it, we're not sitting here pumping. And, BTC. and Johnny, if I can just add to your point, one of the reasons Bitcoin is so important is because it drives these four-year cycles, right? Well, how does yeah. how does liquidity, Bingo. how does fiat cash come into the market? Bingo. Comes in through Bitcoin and cycles through the altcoins before inevitably going back out. So really just to paint the picture of why it's important, it drives liquidity into the crypto market. We got 175 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. I'd like to go back to the Solana article, Johnny. <laughs> Before we dive into a video from David Schwartz explaining how Ripple was built for instant settlement. But let's check out the Solana news because there's a lot of uncertainty around this project. This token is down over 96% from its all-time highs near $260. And that's part of this SAM coin. They're calling this the Sam Bankman Freed coin after he dumped all that liquidity. Some people out there tell me that there's an <laughs> earnest, smart developer in the Solana community that has now taken the awful opportunity to dump on retail investors, and the chain now has a bright future. So Vitalik Buterin is basically stating that now that Sam Bankman-Fried has dumped his Solana, there are better things on the horizon. What do you think about that news, Johnny? Well, I love it. The Sam coin. <laughs> That's what we should call it because we now know. You know, I don't know if you remember on this show, I kept smashing my head against the wall. And actually, you were too. And we were all smashing our heads against the wall, trying to figure out why the hell does everybody love Solana? Do you remember that? We kept like, none of us had Solana. Yep. We're all like, why does every? We even asked Mark and we asked the uh, bit. We were asking everybody, like, why do you, what's the big deal about Solana? Why does everybody love it? And I remember Yosko saying, well, because it, a lot of people made a lot of money behind it. Well, now we know why. Scumbag fraud man, or as I call him, mini, mini Madoff. Um, or, or let's grab him, you know, let's put him on here. Our main rat snake weasel indexer, right? Um, Mini Farman was putting a lot of money and was pushing Solana like crazy. And so now it all makes sense, Abs, as to why Solana was skyrocketing when it was failing in the field. It had errors and bugs and all this other crap. 
and, and it kind of forced it into making it a, a, a powerful NFT platform play. Now the question is, without Sam's money, or I didn't even say Sam's money because it's not his money, it's your money, my money, or anybody who was invested in FTX, without that money behind it to support it, it's going to be very interesting to see if it can survive through this. It's like, think of it like somebody that got shot with 12 bullets, right? But they, they missed all the vital organs, so still alive, but it's bleeding to death. And the question is, will it heal? And we'll see. You know, I could shout out to Gonzo. Gonzo told me a while back, I said, Gonzo, how low can this thing go? He goes, eight bucks. <laughs> Guess what? He hit eight bucks yesterday. So right. Gonzo was probably, we'll see. We'll see, Abs, if it could survive or not. That is the question. So I don't think it's out of the out of the It's still in the operating room. It's still in the OC, but you know, maybe it has a chance to survive. NFT tones. I know you got some comments there. Floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, so I I really think that Solano will definitely I I believe that after seeing this article now I feel like now that the Sam coin has been dumped enough and that there's enough I think people are going to come in and start developing again on it and start to see pushing it again because don't forget there's a strong community with all that that's going on don't forget the Twitch CEO has his marketplace pushed for games on there and there's a ton of nft games already on there so if you remember just by going to fractal.is you can still see it and yes soul is still in beta and that's why they have so many issues but i mean the thing is that's why their the coin has been affected so many times and so many things have been happening but i feel like what we have on screen here is also really important uh so i'm gonna toss it back to you Yes, and then we're going to go right to Jackie because this is an interesting graphic that BitBoy Crypto showed yesterday showing the electricity consumption per transaction for proof-of-stake systems compared to Visa. And Johnny, the reason I think this graphic is so important is because we always talk about how blockchain is going to be replacing traditional finance. Well, why would they use it with a product that that is less carbon neutral than what they're using? So as you can see here, Cardano, Tezos, Polkadot, and Avalanche are all downgrades from the current system that Visa is using, but there are two blockchain projects that are very prominent and above Visa on this list. That would be Algorand and Solana. So Jackie, I want to kick it right back to you. Do you think this is important information about the electricity consumption or is it more just about who's incentivized for each project to succeed? Um, you know, I don't know. This is definitely a type of information that I can see the media pushing um, in the favor of of specific blockchains such as the ones highlighted here um if you look at the macro level of all of these blockchains when it comes to electricity as a whole uh is it really that big of a consumption um i i don't think it is comparative to other things that are going on in the world um that consume electricity cryptocurrency in comparison to other things that that suck up electricity is is nothing in comparison to a lot of the things that we use nowadays. Yeah. So it, I definitely believe that a lot of this narrative can be pushed, um, especially with, you know, we are aware of that, you know, the carbon neutral deal coming 2030. Um, so be aware of this guys of, of, you know, the types of things that they are going to relate to this energy consumption, electricity, things like that. Um, because that will definitely keep certain cryptocurrencies afloat, um, and keep those, you know, running up for the long term. The Christmas lights need more energy. One of our listeners said Johnny crypto, but there are two currencies that I was interesting. They didn't put on this list stellar and ripple XRP because they would both also be ahead of visa. If my research is correct, but I want to kick it back to you. Cardano 
they've come in last place. And it's no surprise that Charles Hoskins has been defending his project as if he needs to. Well, clearly it's a worse product than a lot of the existing blockchains. What do you think about this information here? Does it sway your opinion on Cardano at all? You know, I'll tell you what, man, it is very, very interesting because uh, some of the research I was doing was talking about the speed, you know, of Cardano as well. And I, and I mean, I know it's not as fast as XRP and some of the other ones, but I didn't expect it to, to be, you know, well, I guess the reality is we probably have to plot them all to really see how bad it or good it is. Um, and, and the way the way BitBoy talks about it here where he's saying the the speed uh, prioritization is a problem for Solana text makes me wonder if this chart is backwards and if, if Cardano is in the lead. I don't know. It's very interesting the way that's written there. Um, but anyway, yeah, if, if this is true, then it is a problem. You know, for me, that is a problem for Cardano and Tesla's and everybody else. But you're spot on. If you put XRP in Hedera and uh, Stellar on this chart, you would see a very much different picture here in terms of that, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure why they, they didn't have it on the chart, but that is a very interesting, uh, good good find, good find. Shout out to BitBoy there for uh, for bringing that up. Shout out to BitBoy Crypto, and let's get this show started with some XRP content for today. This is a really interesting clip from Brad Garlinghouse talking about how 99% of cryptos will probably be regulated out of the industry, and the ones with real-world use cases, those are going to be the projects that are here to stay. So I'm going to let this short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go said publicly before that I think 99% of all crypto probably goes to zero. But there is that 1% where I think that is focused on solving a real problem for real customers and is able to do that at scale. And that's going to be game changing. And I think that's going to continue to grow significantly in the decades ahead. So there's a difference between speculation and utility, Johnny, and Ripple is going to be the barrier between getting the banks involved and allowing us to operate on the traditional system. Now, why I think this quote is so important it's because he said 99% of crypto probably goes to zero. This was during the bull market. So a lot of these claims, obviously, people would say, of course, 99% of crypto is going to zero. We're already 85% down on the year. But this was when Bitcoin was about $70,000. He was telling the world, get ready. We're going to experience a regulatory collapse. And now we're witnessing it here. So what does it mean to you, Roto? Then we're going to play an interesting clip from David Schwartz. I don't think he meant that cryptos would go down 99%. What I think he means is, 99% of the 10,000 active coins are going to go to zero, meaning they're going to go away and you're going to be left with 1% of that 10,000. Which, which would, would actually be better, right? Because then you get the consolidation of liquidity. You'd have like 22,000 projects, I believe there are right now. And imagine if all that liquidity got scrunched into a couple hundred, that'd be great for the real projects. And if you think about it, so so if 1% did survive of 10,000 coins, you're looking at about 100 coins, right? So there is why you know, you want to join the Academy. That's why you want to follow, you know, be part of this group or part of a tribe, because what we're trying to do is figure out what those hundred coins are is going to survive. Right. And we talk about it all the time on this show is you want to make sure you've got several horses in this race, because most of your horses, I hate to say it as pretty as they are and a beautiful fur and they're here and the you know, whatever nice sound when they're wagging their tail. Most of those horses are going to die. They ain't going to make it. They ain't going to survive, unfortunately. So write them now while you can. But the reality, Abs, is that we want to be able to invest in several horses um, that only a few of them are going to make it. But all you need is probably one or two with the right amount of investment in it. And it can, it can skyrocket, right? So that's why we're here. Uh, that's I mean, we have to be aware of this. This is the, this is what's going to happen. So you just have to be aware of it. You can't invest all your eggs in one basket because, you know, if that one horse goes away, eh, it's going to be a problem.
And that's something um, just to kind of touch off your point, Johnny, and this is something that we talked about on the call earlier. Everything is such in a speculative stage right now, you know, even even the top leaders of the market right now, there's no guarantee that they're going to stick around in 2025. I mean, 2025 is the year everyone keeps talking about. But I mean, there could completely be something in the next um, two years because we are going into 2023 in the next two years that blows, you know, some of these other blockchains out of the water. You know, it, it's so early that. Yeah. I mean, yes, you have to choose horses and, and most likely they are going to, a lot of the layer ones are going to stick around if they've withstood the test of time over the past five years and things like that. Um, so you can easily kind of make a bet on those, but there could easily be something that comes out in the next two years um, that's in developmental stages right now that, that could be a big competitor in 2025. So you definitely have to consider that. And plus the regulatory outlines that are going to come about um, as Brad Garlinghouse kind of talks about here um, that that'll kind of knock out some other cryptos. So you just don't know. You have to you. Yeah, you have to be on the cutting edge of 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 learning these things and researching these things and continuing to keep up with these things. And just like Johnny said, you know, we have a team of nine people that are doing that on a daily basis con consistently um, and bringing that information to a group. And then we have an entire academy as well who are also, you know, they help us out just as much as we help them. I mean, we're just, you know, we're we're kind of a, a cool little secret society that, you know, we do we do our research and and we're all about helping each other with that. Secret so. society. I love that, Jackie. And I want to give oh, a shout out to one of yeah. our listeners here, Eric Burt. He's super positive, always in the comments. Thank you for always commenting positivity on our show. I love that. And NFT Tones, I want to get a quick comment from you because we talked about how 99% of cryptos are going to go away. We can look and find which cryptos <laughs> are going to survive by two connections, right? It's not, it's who's going to be incentivized when these cryptos go up, who's going to profit, but also who do they know? Who are they currently working with? And Ripple checks both of those boxes, working with uh, companies like Bank of America, Santander, but also being a part of the World Economic Forum and allowing people to have a unique opportunity. Like we've talked about drip accounts, changing the way that payments are processed. I'd love to just get some closing remarks from you. How do you feel about the ISO coins being the ones that will survive? I mean, very good outlook on them. I mean, the ISO 20... Oh, tw uh, tw uh. ISO 20, uh, 20, 22 coins. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to start. There's twos and there's zeros. That's all we care about. <laughs> what a terrible freaking name. Anyway, though, those coins, right? They're going to survive because they have the best use cases. They're going to be used in the banking system and they're going to be used all over the world. And so it, for them to be used as the financial system and stuff, I mean, it's huge. And I mean, just if you just think about it, how many people will use this? I, I feel like this is going to be one of the greatest reasons why these coins survive. Now, it'll be interesting to see what other coins survive as well. But we know most of these are going to fail because we've said in the past before that 99% of these are going to fail. We know that we have to shoot, uh, do our selections because there's so many coins out there. And we have to do so much research because there's so many coins and we have to be careful because we don't know if some of these could be even securities due to how they release their coins and stuff. So we have to be extremely, extremely Ow. careful. Thank you, Tones. And I want to give a shout out to Johnny Crypto here. We always talk about problem reaction solution. Well, in the FDIC meeting yesterday, we got a little insight to the problem that could be on the horizon. 
They're anticipating a bank run in America and how they should respond. This clip pretty much speaks for itself, but we got 267 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Monday morning, my camera will be on, but let's let this complain go back to the group. Here we go. I wondered whether there are some market tests of whether you're being heard. And I think about TLAC. So TLAC should spread should respond to good and bad news about the institutions and it's really important i mean it's a little bit conflicted right i mean it's important that people understand they can be bailed in but you don't want a huge run on the institution but they have i mean they're going to be that's and and it could be an early warning signal to the fdic and the primary regulators when these things happen and there may be some other prices, this is uh, similar to what Jay was saying, in the market that you can tell whether people understand how the, who's going to be protected, who isn't going to be protected. It would be, I think, an interesting study to look at the evolution of market prices in a situation like March of 2020. Johnny, I think that's a great place to pause it. As the person with the most experience here, what do you think about a bank run in America? Not only the possibility of it, is it a real thing that we can anticipate? He stated here, it's definitive. He said, at some point, we are going to have a bank run. Do you believe that to be the case? You know, anything's possible. Absolutely. It happened in 1929, and it can have, or actually, sorry, it happened before 1929, but it led to the to the stock market crash. But yeah, absolutely it can happen again in America. And frankly, to be honest with you, that's why I'm so glad. I don't have I don't keep no money in the bank because you can't trust it. Because when the when the bank runs come, the reality is the FDIC, even though they insure it, and that's what gives confidence for people to put their money in the bank, they don't have enough money to cover everybody. And that's why he said he literally said, We don't want a, a huge bank run. Yeah, I know why. Because they don't have the money to cover it. Because again, like anything else in the fractional reserve system, they don't they don't keep the full amount one to one ratio to cover everything. So so you know because they don't expect a full bull run uh, bank run to happen. So the reality is, yeah, abs. I think that is the sad part of it is if it does happen, it's going to get ugly. So like if I were you know again, I can't get financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, but I told my family get your money out of the bank. Put it into gold, silver, and crypto. Get it the hell out of cash. I mean, leave a little bit of cash. Don't get me wrong. I got to pay the bills and stuff like that. But if you got a large chunk of money, if I did, there ain't no damn way I'm leaving it in the bank. Hell no. No way. I don't trust the abs. You have to be ready for these kind of scenarios. And I don't want to get caught with my hand in the cookie jar if the bank run happens and there ain't no money going around. So, no, you got to get a safe or, you know, get a couple guns, protect your money, keep it in your house, wherever you want to put it. But definitely, I would not leave it in the bank, uh, a good chunk of it. That's my Well, Johnny, opinion. we know problem, reaction, solution. And if they're going to convince people that central bank digital currencies are essential, there's going to be a collapse. And David Schwartz actually addressed that collapse in this clip, showing us how XRP could be a settlement solution, not just for America, but for the world. We got 260 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is David Schwartz, the CTO of Ripple, breaking down how XRP is an efficient bridge between CBDCs. Opportunity. So stable coins and CBDCs can make domestic payments better. And that's extremely important because if domestic payments aren't good, 
international payments can't possibly be good. Every international payment, at least a retail or consumer one or anything that's not directly between the largest banks, there's going to be a domestic payment on each side. If I'm going to pay a vendor in Italy, there's going to be a domestic payment once my funds get to Italy to that vendor. And so making domestic payments better is essential if we're going to make everything else better too. Um, XRP is an efficient bridge between two assets, including stable coins and CBDCs. It's neutral, it's jurisdictionless, it's censorship resistant, it doesn't have any central counterparty that you need to trust, so it can be used as a sort of universal bridge. And blockchains are what provide that level playing field so that banks and regulators can live in a multi-asset future without having to deal with hundreds of different APIs, hundreds of different uh, controllers or different rule sets. Well, Johnny Crypto, this was music to my ears when I found this clip this morning, but one of the things people need to understand is JP Morgan does $17 trillion worth of transactions every year. And the question we often get is, why would the SEC decide to sue Ripple? There's your reason right there. Ripple is literally taking trillions of dollars away from the centralized institutions and putting it back in the hands of the original retail investor. And that's what David is talking about when he talks about settlement layers between CBDCs and the possibility of global payments becoming integrated. There will be no borders. It's just about getting there, right? It's a matter of time. So Johnny, what do you think about this clip and the role that XRP could play in a CBDC settlement solution? Well, there's no doubt about it that it's like, for me, you know, it's all about unmet needs and what are you solving? What problem are you solving? And is it really a problem that needs to be solved and adds value to society, to corporations, the whole nine yards? That's what's going to make something stick. And we all know that the technology, the XRP technology solves a major, major efficiency problem through cross-border payments. So, you know, to me, it's, 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 it's just mind boggling that more banks haven't already adopted it. And then in the U.S., we kind of know why, because obviously we're sitting here and we're looking at a lawsuit, a monkey on their back for whatever the reason and why they did it. So I think from that perspective, Abs, we're kind of we're kind of in a, in a holding area in the U.S. But through the rest of the world, you see banks and countries starting to implement the technology, testing it. I should say testing it because they're looking to see this value and they're going to see it. It's going to be there. And I think in the long run, uh, what David says is true. You're going to see this becoming that settlement solution on both sides. And it's going to free up a shit ton of money in the Nostra Vostra accounts that we keep talking about as well. And that's also going to add a ton of, you know, extra float and liquidity in the market. A hundred percent, Johnny. And it made me immediately think of the article we referenced yesterday. Ripple is an official partner of the World Economic Forum, but that's not what's most important. In 2015, the World Economic Forum awarded Ripple a Technology Pioneers Award. Now, what is that award? That award was uh, given to Ripple Labs. It made headlines when they revealed that the World Economic Forum had awarded them a Technology Pioneers Award in recognition of their work in, on a distributed ledger technology, also known as a level playing field. So, Jackie, what does that mean to you? Sorry, I had a comment on the last thing, um, and then we'll come back to this. Because I like what... what um, what David Schwartz was talking about with domestic payments being available on, on both sides. That is so vital, um, especially if we consider, you know, what has happened over the last two years, um, which a lot of people don't know. Um, in March of 2020, banks were not um, required anymore to have any type of reserve on hand. That percentage went down to zero of March 2020. And if you look at the what is the report um, that no longer they put out anymore? And it's kind of that. The, uh, the M2, I believe it's the M2 money supply. The yes, money supply. the money supply report. If you look at that, go look at that. This is, you know, this this is the report that opened my eyes up um, to the, the 
the vitalness of of cryptocurrency and also XRP just because of that fact alone that um, the amount of printing that went on over the past two years, uh, that, that report is insane. If you go look at, you know, from the start of, of the beginning of the printing presses being turned on comparison in comparison to the last 30 years, um, within the past two years. But when he talks about domestic payments needing to be available on both sides, that's exactly why, because right now there is going to be a bank run, but when you go to the bank and everyone else is going to the bank, there's going to be no money in the bank because there's 0% of, of that backing in, in in the bank right now. So um, I will say that, that that is the huge need of why of why we need uh, the technology of, you know, of the distributor. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Um, and That's what I'm here for, Jackie. And yes. anybody who's on audio right now, we're showing a really interesting chart. This is the M2 money supply that Jackie just referenced. The Fed is not obligated to share this information anymore. So the last time we got any information about new printed money, M2 money supply, was just after the C-19 crisis. And Johnny, I don't think it's a coincidence, but Jackie, sorry, I just wanted to put that in there. No, thank you. This is, yeah, this is exactly what I was talking about. You look at that from, from the point of 2020. Um, I mean, we just blew the past 30 years, you know, out of the water. So past 30, maybe 20, I don't know. But yeah, looking at that report and that's that's exactly why I'm 100%. David Schwartz is a genius, you know, and and the types of things that he and his community are doing with with Ripple, Ripple Labs, um, XRP, you know, it's it's needed. It's obvious from from the data. Johnny, I'd love to get your take on this. When I look at this chart, it tells me one thing. The Fed is going to turn the printing press back on, whether they tell us or not. What does it mean to you, my friend? And when do you believe that takes place? Well, you know, typically they'll turn it on every five, six, seven years. I mean, I don't think they're going to turn it on. So, I mean, we're in such a major, dis whoops, such a major disastrous um, inflation issue right now with so much money that they printed and shared it. I don't think we're going to see the printing presses turned on. Um, as soon as everybody would like them to be turned on because everybody wants them turned on now because they want their crypto accounts to skyrocket. Um, it's going to be a while. I mean, they're going to let us go through some pain. I mean, they just went and added what six trillion dollars to the industry uh, or to the to the to the to society. Right. So <laughs> they're not going to just, you know, and now they've they've gone into this mode of pulling it out and i remember back in 2000 uh, let's see how did that work in 2008 interest rates went up they they were raising rates they went up to like five six percent almost where we are now um and that and that was it lasted a, a while i want to say it was five six seven years before we got to see the printing presses turn back on again abs so my if i had to guess i would say we're we're definitely minimum a few years away before they spin those bad boys back up again the longer they wait to turn the printing press back on, Johnny, the deeper the hole they're going to dig is. But one of the yep. things we know is that they're going to roll out universal basic income and central bank digital <clears throat> currencies at some point. And we got some brand new information from uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell yesterday. This clip pretty much speaks for itself, but he says 90% of the world is developing an instant payment central bank digital currency. Let's let this short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go. Looking forward. Rapid changes are taking place in the global monetary system that may affect the international role of the dollar in the future. Most major economies already have or are in the process of developing instant 24-7 payments. Our own FedNow service will be coming online in 2023. Wow. And in light of the tremendous growth in crypto assets and stable coins, 
we are examining whether a U.S. central bank digital currency would improve upon an already safe and efficient domestic payment system. As our white paper on this topic notes, a U.S. CBDC could also potentially help maintain the dollar's international standing. Johnny Crypto, he said a lot in that short clip, so I'm going to give you the open floor here. A couple of things that stuck out to me. One is that he believes the majority of the world is ready to roll when it comes to instant settlement and central bank digital currencies. But he also said the Federal Reserve is going to be launching their product next year in 2023. Can you believe that? We're going to have a central bank digital currency in 2023. I'm not even sure if I believe him, but he just said it there. What's it mean to you? And then we'll go to Jackie. Well, I mean, we've been hearing about this for a while. It means like what we've been saying is true. It means we know what the hell we're talking about. We've been saying it. that You're going to see this coming. You're going to see it happen. Most people don't have a clue. But this is the beginning of the end, if you will, for, for uh, well, I should say, let me rephrase. So this is going to be where you're going to get, you know, the beginnings of starting to get people um, used to, familiar with, subliminally programmed, as uh, you might want to say, onto um, the, the digital currency, a way of receiving money, um, basically to eliminate cash, right? This will be the beginning of the end for cash. This is good. They're going to start subliminally programming folks. Like, okay, we don't need paper no more. Let's start doing everything, do digital wallets, digital cards, digital this, digital that, blah, 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 all over the place. And then, like you said, this is all premises to set up UBI. So then it's like, okay, once people are used to it and they're used to receiving money, that's, oh, now, now we'll pay them to sit at home and do nothing, which is really going to tremendously drop any purchasing power of any currency when or whatever it is, if you're going to continue to just print it into oblivion um, just to pay people. Right. Well, Johnny, you covered, well, I just want to kick it right back to you, but we covered an interesting article yesterday from the Digital Dollar Project that said next year, the ECB is also going to be launching their central bank digital currency, and they're already in, de in development phases now, and they're going to be rolling out pilot phases next year. So you know what that tells me? This is the first time that we're seeing governments like the ECB or the Federal Reserve come out and openly acknowledge that it's 100% taking place. Central bank digital currencies, not only are they working on them and acknowledging that they improve our financial system, they're saying it's inevitable. So I think that's a really exciting thing for people who are listening to our live chat now. Well, I mean, what's interesting about it is <laughs> the only reason why it'd be interesting to me is if we're invested in the rails that are going to drive the system. Because the system itself is not going to be a good thing. We've explained yeah. all, the, all the reasons why it's not so good for you, right? So the only benefit here is hopefully we've invested in the right vehicles, right? So that when this thing does happen, we can put our families in a position to gain generational wealth because the reality of it is, you know, having someone being able to tell you where to spend your cash or that you can no longer spend your cash because and not a cash, I shouldn't use the word cash anymore, to spend your money or that your money expires if you don't spend it within a certain amount of time or where to spend it or worse off, you can't spend it because you said something they didn't like. That's a big problem, right? And all those issues come with this nice thing that they call, you know, CBDCs or whatever they want to call it. The reality is there's a, there's definitely a dark side to them. So we want to hope that, you know, this, this to some degree takes a long, long time to roll out and it will, I don't think it's going to happen, you know, just because they flip the switch doesn't mean that it's going to happen overnight. If this is something where you have hundreds of countries and banking systems that need to convert over and then to get it operational, it's going to take a few years, many years, I think, before it actually happens and everything's all in place. I'll say, too, um, that's something to look out for. We say this. I mean, I've been saying this all week on the show. I think uh, 
that's that's the narrative that they're going to push. CBDCs are good. Um, blockchain is good. Cryptocurrency is bad to keep people out of out of investing into. There's the there's that paper with that beautiful handwriting, Johnny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now it looks good. Uh, but be careful of that. And that's you know, they don't want people to be their own banks. They want they want people to continue to rely on on the middleman. And so that's why you you're seeing this mad rush for all of these all of these companies trying to be a, a cryptocurrency bank. JP Morgan is coming out with their own CBDC. Um, Wells Fargo, all of these all of these um, different banks are, are coming out to try and be uh, custodians of of your money continually. And so that's something to look out for. Don't be don't be fooled by the wordage that's used Um when, when it comes to cryptocurrency, CBDCs, blockchain, uh, because there's differences in all every single one of them. And Johnny, one of the benefits of doing this research every day is we can remember all the connections that take place behind the scenes that you would never find in the mainstream media. But what did we just find a couple of weeks ago? We know that Ripple is working with the Digital Pound Foundation on developing a digital euro using the XRP ledger. Now, also, we got Bank of America coming out and stating that they are ready to use the RippleNet product once the lawsuit with the SEC is over. So what that tells me is we've got European nations who are incentivized to use XRP. We also have Bank of America who's incentivized to use the Ripple product. So before we dive into our news about Stellar having a nearly 3x increase in payments over the last 12 months, regardless of whether the price moves, we are looking at the amount of transaction volume going through this network and it's growing very quickly as well as with XRP. Why don't you bring us home? You know, I think at the end of the day, there's no question about it that there's only two or three systems out there that can handle the speed, the transactions, the settlement, all the type of problems we're talking about in the cross-border payment system. And we all know, you know, Ripple's one of the, or XRP, Stellar, you know, maybe let's talk about Hedera having the capability and things like that. But the reality is that, yeah, because I think, you know, we're going to see, I think, more and more growth of both XRP and XLM. You're already seeing it. You already kind of hinted at it. That, that it is coming in the near future. And it's so funny that Stellar was like kind of dead. You didn't even hear anything about it for like the past year. It's been sitting down at under 10 cents and it was just kind of dying. And now all of a sudden, you know, when we had uh, XRP Jenna on the show, she told us about her three-letter friend that was telling her, you know, or told us, you know, that the XRP and XLM were the, were the, were the chosen ones. So who knows? It looks like that may be starting to play out. Abs, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And we got 283 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we've got some really great and really interesting news for the Stellar team out there. As XRP rival Stellar reports 172% increase in payments, among other positive numbers in 2022. And Johnny, I got to admit, it was surprising to see such a positive report when this project has been one of the most devastating price action projects in the market. I believe we're down over 90% from our all-time highs. And... During that 2021 bull run, we only went to about 70 cents and people were anticipating much higher numbers. So just a little detail in there. The global platform payments platform has been posting astronomical numbers in 2022, despite the ongoing crypto winter. Dixon highlights the fact that Stellar saw more raw growth in just one quarter of this year than it did in all of 2021. Last year, we celebrated that Stellar hit 1 billion operations in two quarters. This year, Stellar nearly hit 1 billion operations in a single quarter alone. 
in addition to passing another huge milestone, which is more than 7 million accounts are active on the network. And Johnny, we already covered the adoption in Ukraine as Stellar was being used to drop instant deposits. But Jackie, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. How do you feel about the 172% increase in Stellar's transaction volume? Yeah, I actually love to see this. I would rather see numbers like this of an increase versus just the price, right? Because, I mean, that's this is the difference between um, a cryptocurrency project that is continuing development and and actually, you know, having successes as far as transactions and things like that versus ones that you see. Like, I'll use Solana as an example. I'm still, you know, I'm still someone who's looking into Solana, but. Um, seeing numbers like this, where you have people jumping, where you have increase in transactions and you're, you're actually seeing the data supported by that versus just a price increase, because that's most, you know, most people, most retail investors are just looking at price right now, but I would rather see a project increasing in these types of numbers, um, versus price, because then, you know, then you have a, a, issue like with Solana, you have an inflated price up to $250. And then all of a sudden it drops back down to eight and sub eight, um, you know, seeing going into next year, possibly yeah. not saying that, that will happen. But yeah, yeah, the fact that the fact that um, XLM didn't, didn't see such a huge price increase, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And you know, just to build on that, you know, this kind of question, we get this all the time. Well, if still increased 172%, why isn't the price increase? Guys, the way to think about it, you're thinking about it wrong. Just because the activity, this is activity, the amount of adoption, if you will, that you we, we've seen, and you want to see that, but 172% of, of usage or isn't gonna do isn't gonna move the needle. You need the globe to come onto this stuff to really see true price transactions. Also, transactions are buying and selling. So just because somebody onloads onto the network and offloads 30 seconds later, it doesn't necessarily contribute to the value of the token. Exactly. What you want to be seeing is adoption of these technologies, mass adoption, which is ultimately going to drive all these prices up. What everybody saw, everything you saw in the 2013, 2017, and 2021 bull runs, all those all-time highs, guess what, guys? They're all fake. Whoops. They're all fake speculation prices. You saw speculation because people are speculative. That's just how the world works. None of those are real utility prices. Not a single one of them. Even the prices you see today, other than maybe Bitcoin, nothing else is its really true value yet because none of this stuff is working mass globally. So yeah. the reality is don't get hung up on what you see happening today. Don't get hung up on the all-time highs you saw in the last bow. And the other. They're all speculation. Okay, so it doesn't mean we showed a chart on this show. We need to find that chart apps that shows how this thing's working. Technology speculation is where the price goes the highest. Then it drops low while it's actually being implemented, which is yep. where we are now. I wish we had that chart. Maybe the next show will bring it up. And then at the end, we start to take off again. Okay, well, this is where we are. we're in the middle of that chart now where sideways action makes sense. So don't get all upset or don't get nervous if you're invested in a horse. And you feel like your horse ain't moving or ain't going anywhere. As long as you're seeing adoption of your horse like this, you should be thrilled. You should be ecstatic because that is really what that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see happening. I want to see these things getting adopted. Well, that said, you know, Abs, I don't know if you're pulling something up, but I wanted to just address yep. this one other thing here. Um, you know, to my man Shane here, he <laughs> says you, you get to learn the secret handshake at the retreat. Let me tell you something, guys. One of the advantages of being in the academy, going to that retreat changed all our lives and i want to give a shout out to my man jeremiah 
who was playing some kind of chakra bongos, or I don't know what the hell they were called, but those things put me to sleep. My man was cool. If you're out there in Mesa, Arizona, he owns an ice bath club called the Reconnect, where we we will go out there every once in a while and get a nice ice bath. So shout out to Jeremiah for putting me to sleep and having me have a nice relaxing time. And uh, again, if you're in Arizona and you want to try an ice bath, go to Reconnect in Mesa, Arizona. And that's just a, a shout out to him for for helping me put put me to sleep. We're not paid for that. I just want to throw the man a shout out. Because uh, that, that was, was the best. That was one of the funniest times on the retreat. Because as I'm trying to meditate, I hear Johnny snoring on the other side of me. <laughs> <laughs> he put me that in the team. I, seriously, I just like, I, I fell in love with my team at that point. I was like, every <laughs> single one of you guys is just so unique. And I just love it. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I do want to say one last thing. In terms of the academy, guys, link below. Just so you know, we are offering now free seven day trial that's right you get to join the academy for free for seven days and check it out now you have zero excuse to not come out and check the academy click on the link below if you uh have been thinking about trying the academy or want to join it or find a tribe now you can do it for free for seven days so click on the link below awesome guys and johnny i think this is a great time to show our listeners the smartest way to track your crypto so we're going to close this show out with a really interesting date as january 30th could be the most significant crypto hearing to date but before we dive into that let that ad play my friend oh hell on a second i'm queuing her up right now and uh there we go have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits if so it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan the good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for early access for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. So Johnny, on a brief side note, yesterday, I'm pretty sure BitBoy Crypto gave you a shout out on his show and I went and looked for the clip myself. I could not find it. So any of our listeners out there, if anybody else watches BitBoy Crypto or, or his main segment, please send us the timestamp. I'd love to give Johnny Crypto a video of him. 30, shout out. 38 minutes around there. Beautiful 38 time. minute, 47 second on the Wednesday show. I think it was. I think I have it Ab, somewhere here. Uh, <laughs> I do have it somewhere. <laughs> Beautiful, guys. Problem solved then. Let's keep rocking and rolling because we got about 10 minutes left. And I want to show you the really interesting details within this article. As a Ripple ally versus the SEC, January 30th could be the most significant crypto hearing to date. And that's according to one of our friends, John Deaton. So Ripple's ally, Libra, requests that the court hear an oral argument for its motion to limit the SEC's remedies was granted. Johnny, in English, what that means is the SEC just won a case against Libra and they got certain jurisdictions over the crypto market they want to go back and make revisions to what the SEC did, and the judge awarded them that right. So before we dive into the hard details, because I know we got a, uh, there's a lot of legal jargon in this article that I don't really want to get into, but I do think it's important to understand the SEC is setting legal precedent for the industry, and they're getting a lot of pushback from the largest players. What do you think about that, Johnny? Does the CFTC inevitably get control of these commodities? 
Yeah, well, no, the CFTC already has control of commodities. The question is going to be, will cryptocurrencies be considered commodities, right? And then if they are, it's 100%. 100%, they'll get control of them. However, the CFTC, they don't really have a lot of teeth either because they haven't really come out and said, they've come out and said, oh, yeah, like Bitcoin's a commodity and Ethereum is a commodity. And uh, what was the third one? Oh, and Tether. They said those three are basically commodities. Everything else, you know, so they don't want to really... It's, it's not going to work this way. It, the hope that we want that this thing's going to end under the CFTC, right now, from what I'm seeing and hearing, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen, Abs. I think what you're going to have is a shared custody of these things. You're going to get the SEC regulating a, a good chunk of them. Mm. You're going to get the CFTC regulating a few of them, you know, that they kind of consider. And then and then the rest, is, is, I think, is going to go to the SEC. Or if BitBoy is successful and the bill he's passionate, and if they're able to create a committee or group that specifically focuses on crypto, maybe that changes the game there and can be beneficial for us and for the society, you know, for society and for these agencies. But it's it's just it's too early to know because we are in the what does Yusko like to call it? The fight you phase. That's right? right. We are in the fight you stage, folks. And so who the hell knows where everything's gonna land? Because when you're in the fight you stage, you know, fists are being thrown, punches and knockout blows here and there, and you don't know where anything's gonna land yet. And that's that's what we're waiting to see, apps. Jackie, I saw a really interesting article yesterday from a former SEC official stating that he believed Bitcoin was operating as a security. And I thought we were way beyond that, but apparently, no, we're not. But one of the biggest things that I noticed in this article is the SEC says that in the proposed language, they could theoretically allow the SEC to reach the secondary market and disallow transactions from individuals who are only users of the platform and have never acquired LBC for investment purposes. That is terrifying. And that's one of the reasons we got into crypto. What do you think of this news, Jackie? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that just because, uh, you know, there's just so much flip-flopping going on right now. Um, and we say this all the time, there needs to be regulation. There needs to be regulation. Um, and then we're just not getting anything. Um, and it keeps going back and forth. I would absolutely hate for that to happen. I really hope that that doesn't happen, that they're able to reach on secondary markets and prevent people from making transactions. Um, because yeah, that was, that was the initial reason why everyone gets into crypto. Um, you know, that, that hopium and that, that fight for freedom of, of kind of taking, empowering yourself. Um, but the truth in the end of it all, right, is that we are still under the law and govern of, of, you know, those above us. And so that's, you know, that's kind of the reality of it, but you can still, I mean, you can still take things matters into your hands as far as, um, you know, holding your own keys. Uh, and that's, I guess that's the biggest thing that we, the, that we kind of preach on here is, is to hold your own keys and to not be fooled or, or, you know, ultimately, um, kind of give up that, that power that you do have, um, to be, to be your own bank, you know, don't, don't fall for the, don't fall for that custodianship that you still need a middleman. Cause you don't, um, yeah. but yeah, that's what I'll, I'll end with. I thought there was a great comment earlier from veteran crypto. He said friction equals profit for the banks. And that's exactly what crypto is removing. But Jackie, we got 241 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. We are one day away from 2023. So I want to wish you all a very happy new year. And hopefully we're going to end this article out on some positive news here because John Deaton hosted a poll earlier this week stating in 2023, the SEC versus Ripple case settles or goes to verdict. 
59% of people out of the 18,000 who voted agreed that this would go to a settlement. So, Johnny, let's just end our conversations here. First of all, what are you anticipating for 2023? Any big goals for Johnny Crypto? And do you believe we got a settlement? Well, you know, first of all, when we think about 2023, there's a, a really cool, exciting project apps coming our way, and you all know it. And uh, we've got 11 days, 11 hours, 42 minutes, 29 seconds to get there, Jackie. And anybody who wants to be a king or queen in XR, don't forget this. Can we do another 30 minutes so we get the one, 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 one? Oh, <laughs> I was hoping we were going to get that up for that. I really wanted to get there, but unfortunately, <laughs> it's not going to happen. That would have been really, really cool. Right. But, uh, but guys, yeah, man, if you haven't checked this out, we've been talking about this you know, all week. It's coming soon on January 11th. Uh, you will have a chance to grab an NFT uh, XRP-based King or Queen uh, uh, 3T Academy um, NFT. So don't miss out on this one. This is going to open a huge ton of, of opportunity. Uh, there is going to be a level, a different bunch of different tiers here that you can get into. And I know we have a lot of time, so I'm trying to zip it through this Johnny quickly. Crypto, you got to relate this back to your New Year's resolution, though. I'm, I'm interested to hear. So let's talk about it in, in the sense of a king energy, right? Yes. Johnny Crypto, king energy. What's the best version of Johnny Crypto doing in 2023? Any big goals for you? Oh, yeah. Johnny, yeah. You all know. You know what that big one is. Come we're on. I'm get, giving you I'm giving you a T right here. It's a softball. Right there. There it is, baby. We're going we're gonna to bring Ooh. out a tool. We're going to bring out a tool to help all the kings and queens that can hop into this thing and anywhere else to be able to make sure that they know what their portfolios are doing, how they're going to, you know, we're going to give them a tool to help people navigate this market, right? Create exit plans and really turn this emotional market into a non-emotional market. And what better way to do that? You know, you're playing an emotional game that's rigged against you. And this is going to be the level playing ground, hopefully to get you there. But in the meantime, you can also, you know, pick up one of these NFTs and then you get certain access, right, to different things in the academy. And what's really cool about that utility is you now get to join a community and you get to choose your utility. You decide which tier you want to be on. And that's what the real, that's how I always envision NFTs to really work. If I'm buying an NFT, abs, I want it to be something where it has value to me, not just a photo or some stupid thing that I can literally print screen and I, <laughs> I can use it wherever the hell I want. In something like this, you print screen it, it don't do shit. It don't get you that you have to own it. And there's real value there, in my opinion, Ab. So for me, that's the thing I'm looking for 2023 is how do I find value in the crypto and NFT marketplace? Jackie, how about yourself? Any big goals for 2023? You can relate it to Queen Energy or just talk about whatever you want. I'm interested to hear, do you guys do New Year's resolutions? Because typically I really don't. Um, I've been working on my New Year's resolutions this past month, but my my New Year's resolutions go a lot deeper than crypto. Um, I would of, hope. Yes, yes, that is not <laughs> that is not the answer to life, guys. Um, yeah, you, you really people need to like like sink really really deep within. Um, but I'll I'll kind of leave that for another another topic. But I will say I will touch on this. Um, you know, guys, this is a project that is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, we talk about utility of things, um, of, of cryptocurrencies, of NFTs. Uh, these utilities that we offer with these NFTs, we've already been doing it, guys. We've already been doing it. We've just attached it to something now that you can own yourself and gives you access to the utilities. We saw a ton of comments on here. How do I get into the next retreat? How do I get into the next conference? Um, these are the types of things. How can I go to Johnny Crypto's Lake House? Well, you need to be an owner of the X Royalty. <laughs> I can't even get Anybody there. Anybody who purchases an X Royalty. 
Oh, <laughs> let's not throw the leg out. Don't give me any idea. Smart contract. Thank you, Abs, for reminding me. That's of a good idea, now. though, Abs. That's a good idea for another. Guys, episode. I really think we should have one special listener we pick, and he gets to come on our Lake House retreat, or she gets to come on our Lake House retreat. I think that'd be awesome. But NFT Tones, we only got a minute left. 2023 New Year's resolution. What's it mean to you, my friend? Yo, I'm hoping to get that uh, Snapple sponsorship finally. And what's your plan there? Just wishing? Just wishing. Well, or maybe you want to manifest that shit. You yeah, I am. I'm manifesting that. Yeah. Snapple, yeah. if you're listening, this boy drinks a ton of your products. So make sure you reach out to him. <laughs> he goes in and out with it. Snapple sure. all day. I got five bottles right next to me right now. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, I want to give a shout out to everybody who joined us today. Thank you for spending your time with us. Happy Friday and also happy 2023. I hope it's your most abundant and amazing love-filled year yet. Johnny Crypto, we got XRP Jenna joining the show next Wednesday, so that's really exciting. We're going to close the show off the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Jackie. Thank you to NFT Tones. And thank you to the Italian Stallion. That's Mr. Johnny Crypto himself. We'll see you guys in 71 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Yo, yo, fresh cranberries can be bounced like a bouncy ball. Let's go. Rubber ball. Rubber ball. My bad. My bad. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. I love you all. Have an amazing Happy weekend. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to all That's the world. That's what we ended on, Cranberry.